is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sound Money Podcast. I am your host here, Steve McGarry. And on this special episode, I dive deep into NFT gaming. Now, for everybody that has been living under a relatively large rock over the past few months, uh, NFTs are sweeping the world uh, by storm right now. Everyone from football players to basketball players to world-renowned artists are getting involved in non-fungible tokens. I've covered this on the podcast in the past. It is a fascination of mine, having come from a lot of background in art. I'm very interested in this space, as well as the businesses that are being built around this ecosystem. As a co-founder of Grow Your Base, it is a project focusing on NFTs. I am really interested in talking to others in this ecosystem and really helping build out this industry as a whole. So today I sit down with Nick Cassieras, and he is behind Polyant Games. Now, this is a fantastic ecosystem play where they're working with a lot of really cool gaming projects, and we take a deep dive into how this is going to be ground zero for adoption. You know, virtual currencies have existed in games forever. Uh, I mean, I remember playing Starcraft and Diablo 2 and things like that uh, back when I was much younger and enjoyed, uh, you know, sitting in front of the PC for 10 hours at a time. <laughs> and now people are able to, to literally make it a career and people can afford to do this full time. And I think that back then it wasn't really in the realm of possibility. When people said, I want to play video games, people just kind of associated with like, ah, oh, you're you're just really burning out. You're not going to do anything. Uh, that's just not something that you do. Now, it's not the case. There are literally organizations out there similar to, you know, Polyant Games that are trying to nurture people uh, to, to really get into this space. And esports is here to stay. It's a huge industry. Big teams and big sponsors are getting involved in it. And I think that it's something that is wildly underrepresented. So I was really excited to get Nick on to talk in depth on this topic of NFTs and blockchain gaming specifically, because I just find it really fascinating. And there was a stigma on it when I was growing up that, you know, people were um, not going to be able to make it a career. Now they are. So really great topic. Great conversation with Nick. And without further ado, let's dive right into it. How's it going, Nick? Good, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So before we get into Polyant, tell me a little bit about yourself. Let's hear your background. I'm always curious to hear everybody's crypto origin story. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm Nick Casares. Uh, I'm the head of product at Polyant Games. And for about the past 15 years, I've worked across a range of verticals in tech, um, everything from cloud storage for consumer applications to marketing technology to public safety. Um, and more recently, even in commercial real estate. So quite the range of experiences. Uh, but throughout my career, I've served as a direct contributor or a leader of UX and product teams. So user experience, product development, product strategy is all in my wheelhouse. It's where I, I feel very comfortable. Um, I've spent a disproportionate amount of my career working in startups. Um, I've also spent time working on internal innovation teams. So I would say that early stage product development is definitely in my DNA, uh, and it's where I feel most at home. As far as my origin story with crypto goes, uh, I got involved in blockchain around 2016 uh, through a colleague who actually invited me to participate in a hackathon. 
And so the challenge of that hackathon was around applying blockchain technology to the supply chain. It was a pretty popular idea at the time and still is. Um, at the time, I knew pretty much nothing about blockchain or crypto. So you could say that I'm a newcomer to the space, uh, as it were. I'm not an OG. Uh, but that event drew me down the rabbit hole. And after about a year of self-study, immersion in projects, and just reading way too many white papers, uh, I decided to start a podcast with the colleague who had invited me to the hackathon. And we really wanted to explore how founders and product people were approaching building things in the decentralized world. Um, both having backgrounds in product and user experience, it's something that we were genuinely curious about and also wanted to understand, you know, what's different about building a product in the space and what do you have to think about a little bit differently? Uh, so around the time that we launched that podcast, Brad Robertson, who is Polyant's CEO, reached out to me to learn what I was up to. Uh, he had seen a post on social media about the podcast, and it just so happened that he was in the middle of starting a blockchain-focused incubator for early startup technology. And uh, at the time, uh, he was looking for a product person to, to really help coach founders and build the program. Uh, I had the right background, I had the right experience to operate in that sort of early product development space. And so I came on board to help with Polyant. So from 2018 to 2019, we built things out at Polyant and we incubated about a dozen companies. Uh, toward the end of 2019, then we met Craig Russo, who is our director of innovation. And we realized that we were all interested in pushing further towards this intersection of gaming, decentralized finance and digital ownership. Um, and that really was the genesis of Polyant Games. And it's what we've been focused on ever since. Very cool. Very cool. And as many people know, I am an NFT fanatic. Uh, fairly recently, I've been collecting on newer chains like your Flow blockchain and things like that. And uh, I'm a co-founder of a project called Grow Your Base that we partner with a lot of really exciting NFT projects and Sandbox being a big, uh, a big up and coming part. And I saw that that was part of your ecosystem. So could you talk a little bit about the, the ecosystem around Polyant Games? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it would be helpful if I just give a quick intro to Polyant Games uh, for listeners yeah. that aren't familiar. So Polyant Games is an investment firm and a technology incubator that's really helping to pave the way for innovation in the blockchain gaming space. Um, our mission is to help facilitate a revolution, really, um, in the gaming industry. And I know that's a that's a big slice of work. But we think there's a huge opportunity in providing technology and community support for this burgeoning uh, play to earn movement. Um, if, if somebody's not familiar with that, play to earn is essentially the idea that newer, newer games are starting to trend towards this idea that a player can actually earn things in game, be it in game items or in game currencies. Um, and then creating systems and tools for that player to take that value outside of the game whether that's to go to a different game or just translate that into direct economic value, right? Can somebody actually play games and help pay their rent? It's, it's possible in the future. And so we see this huge opportunity in that play to earn future where gamers experience that kind of ownership of their digital assets and they have a lot more control over their experience. Um, so our team is really focused on establishing the technical, the community and the token economic infrastructure that's going to be needed to support those decentralized virtual economies. And so back to your question about the sandbox and, and the ecosystem, when we talk about the ecosystem, we're talking about all of those pieces of the puzzle, the game partners, 
the technological protocols and the community, you know, connecting the dots for them, helping to facilitate great conversations, connecting one project to another. That's really our role is to facilitate uh, this change and, and start pushing towards this vision of a, a more empowered uh, decentralized future. Got it. Got it. So let's say I'm building a, a new play to earn kind of NFT focused game. I'm building it out on Ethereum and I'm really excited about having a decentralized exchange support me. What would you guys, I guess, how do you accept and how do you filter the different developers? Because not saying that there's a lot of you know, bad development going on out there, but there are a lot of NFT projects coming online right now. So what is your process, your diligence process in terms of, you know, letting people into the Polyant Games uh, incubator or how you, how you look through an investment before you make it in a, in a project? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, um, you know, you're right. There, there is a lot of noise in the space, which happens with any sort of burgeoning technology, um, especially in the beginning phases of adoption, uh, because it's opportunity. And so you see a lot of people rushing in to build things and, and you know, land grabs, things like that. Uh, but DD is a huge part um, of our process internally. So we have a, a strong leadership team with backgrounds, uh, very complementary backgrounds. So Brad, uh, he has a background not only as a technology entrepreneur for 25 years, but he also has a background in law. We have somebody on the team who has a, a background in finance, uh, things like hedge fund trading. Uh, Craig has a background in uh, uh, technological innovation. Myself, I have a background in product. And so what we do is, is try to put the project through all of those different filters. You know, when I'm looking at the project, I'm looking at what is the value proposition for the player? You know, is this, is this a quality game? Is it backed up by a quality team? Um, Eric, who is our uh, COO and head of Polyant Capital, might be looking at, you know, what's the balance of their token economic structure in this game? Does it make sense? Is it sound? Um, you know, making sure that it's good for players on that front. Uh, Brad and Craig might be looking at other aspects. Brad looking at kind of the structure of the overall business. You know, is it is it sound or is this a, a one-person project that's going to need a lot of support in order to keep going? And then, of course, Craig is looking at the future and saying, okay, you know, how, how can we plug this into the future uh, connections to other parts of the ecosystem? Are they doing something innovative with their technology? You know, are they using NFTs in a new and exciting way? Uh, so we have this, I think, very well-balanced internal filter. That's stage one of DD. And when we get to the project, uh, to the stage of working with a project such that, for instance, we want to list their token uh, on the decentralized exchange, we would then uh, also propose that to the community. So we do have a, a lightweight uh, community voting structure that we've put in place and holders of our governance token can actually cast their vote. And so before we list a pair uh, on the decentralized exchange, we'll always put that out for vote and confirm that the community also feels like that's a good move for the community. Got it. Got it. And that's a perfect segue into my next question about the governance token. I think that this is a really, really fascinating concept and I've seen a couple people playing around with the, this governance token concept, like Rarible. I know they were trying to play around with it a little bit earlier on uh, in last year, I believe. What is the the Polyant Games governance token, and how does that fit into all of this? So, from the beginning, our vision for Polyant has been that at some point, you know, it's it's 
because it is a decentralized project, at some point we want to be able to give things back to the community in a very strong way. Um, the government's token, the governance token, is our our first step in that direction. So, uh, the governance token uh, was distributed to holders of the Polyant Games Founders Key, which is an NFT. Almost think of it like a Costco card or a punch pass that gets you benefits within the ecosystem. Um, early supporters came on board with that, and as our way to thank them for being early supporters of the community, we distributed a Polyant Games governance token to them, which then gave them uh, voting rights essentially on these proposals. And so the evolution of decentralization with the ecosystem, we think is gonna take time, um, you know, because there are certain implications of, uh, of governance with regard to things like code, uh, right? So when, when our developers are working on different aspects of the protocol or you know different aspects of the decentralized exchange eventually we want to be able to enforce governance at the code level it's just going to take some time and so for now we're using it as a way to make sure that the community has a strong voice in our process um, and allowing them to again vote on initiatives contribute their ideas um, in a way that keeps pushing us forward and make sure that everybody stays aligned got it got it so i I make my project, my, my NFT, it has all everything in it that I want. It's going to be a game. And I come to you guys, I go through the, the diligence process that you guys have really well defined. You're kind of covering all your bases and you're able to help out on multiple fronts. I work with you guys over the course of a few months, a few weeks. Uh, how does the kind of partnership work long-term with, uh, with you guys in the projects? Great question. So uh, there, there are a couple of different ways that we like to connect with our partners. Um, you know, on the token economic level, there's the opportunity to list your token pair on the DEX. Um, and just some background on the decentralized exchange. Uh, so it is a fork of Uniswap. So anybody in the space knows Uniswap. They're, they're huge. They've done great things for the space. Um, we forked Uniswap because we really wanted to create kind of a closed loop system that was focused on gaming tokens. Um, one of the challenges with Uniswap today is if you go there, it's all DeFi, right? And so you're getting access to every single token pair out there. Not a bad thing necessarily, but we wanted to make sure that the value proposition around our decentralized exchange is to facilitate token transfer between gaming projects. And so when a new gamer shows up and they have token A, they see that, oh, token B, token C, token D, they're all here and I can easily move through the ecosystem in these different games. And so Getting involved with the decks with a token pair is one opportunity for a partner. Another opportunity is uh, doing something like uh, getting involved with um, uh, our, our storefronts or our marketplace opportunities. So if they want to do a special distribution of an NFT or offer an NFT for sale to our, our audience, you know, that's a group of people that have already raised their hand and said, hey, I'm interested in NFTs, I'm interested in gaming. And if the Sandbox, for instance, wanted to do a special NFT and put that up for sale on their, their storefront, um, we're able to, to help them get uh, eyeballs and users to that place. Um, so a bit of an acquisition play, if you will, for, for those games. Um, other ways that we're getting involved with projects then are through things like tournaments. So Polyant Games as a sponsor for different tournament opportunities. For instance, we've sponsored Axie Infinity in the past um, with some of their, actually one of their biggest tournaments ever. 
Um, we've got some fun things on the horizon with a tournament series where we'll be pulling other blockchain games um, into a series of tournaments. So, and, and, you know, sponsoring that in a way that gets players excited and helps introduce them to this whole idea of decentralized gaming. Very cool. Very cool. I'm super bullish on the gaming space in terms of uh, blockchain adoption, just because the amount of people that I know that are working on games and in various capacities uh, in the, on the teams of these projects, it's just a clear indication that people understand virtual currencies. They understand digital assets that are playing games that are non-blockchain related. So it's, it's literally just a piece of technology that'll sit in the background and it's just native to, to, to gamers as it sits today. I mean, I remember playing Diablo and Starcraft and there were virtual currencies in those games. You know, it just, it makes perfect sense that that is ground zero for, for adoption. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in terms of, you know, NFTs? It's obviously really hot right now at the time of recording this, you know, NBA uh, Top Shots is huge. It's blowing up. Um, everybody's kind of talking about that one just because of the volume and the amount of players and things like that um, or holders that are buying it. What are you excited about in terms of, you know, emerging technologies in the NFT space? Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, there's, we, we like to joke that a week in this industry is, is like a, a month or a year in others. Uh, yeah. Things things change so fast. Um, what I'm what I'm most interested for, and, and it really plays to your previous comment about uh, ground zero. You know, gaming kind of being the the beachhead of adoption here. So, I recently saw a, a stat on gaming during the COVID era, and across the board, from ages six to ages eighty, the player time had increased. Now, obviously, that you know, maybe that's a no-brainer because we've all been locked inside uh, for a year uh, dealing with this pandemic. But I do think that it's kickstarted this lasting trend where people are starting to realize um, not only is is gaming a fun source of entertainment, but it's actually substituting some of our social systems, right? So when you need to socialize, like people went to Fortnite and, and they watched Travis Scott and, you know, that kind of thing I think is going to start to take hold with a, a wider audience as people realize like, do I want to take the gamble and go to a big public event? Or maybe we can recreate something that still has some, some value for socialization and some entertainment value in a virtual way. And when that starts happening, you know, the, the big challenge with NFTs has been, well, what is it? It's a, are you buying a digital picture? Like, why can't I just screenshot that? Right. It's just a JPEG. But it's not because when we get to those virtual worlds where maybe you're sitting inside of a decentral land or something like that, and you realize that, hey, you wanted some some new virtual shoes and you wanted to express yourself with a, a new virtual jacket um, and you're able to do that in a virtual environment, suddenly digital ownership is like, wow, that's meaningful, right? Because it's attached to our own identity. It's about personal expression and owning things in that sense becomes real. So what I'm excited about is just the inevitable sort of realization as society starts to plug into these virtual economies that, oh, there is, there's real value there. There's a there there in terms of meaningfulness to the player or the owner of a digital asset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The, the importance as you start learning more and more, as you go deeper into the rabbit hole of ownership, uh, you, you really understand how important it is for the future uh, in terms of 
just data and everything in terms of what your control, what you have control over. And I, I really enjoyed the, I believe it was the founders of Nifty Gateway when they were talking about the intent of artists and people that create these designs and put them on NFTs and sell them on OpenSea, let's say. The intent of them minting that one of one is there and it's it's completely available for everybody to see that that piece transitions over to someone else and that transitions over to someone else. But as long as it can be tied back to that original intent of that artist to have it a one of one, that creates this immense value. And I really enjoyed that uh, that piece where ownership really and intent just really mean uh, a lot for the future. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think another, another point there with digital ownership is in addition to the intent and in addition to being able to prove in a meaningful way that somebody's the rightful owner of a digital asset, I think there's something very interesting from a social perspective of being able to see the ownership trail of something. And, you know, that, that the whole reason that art is a thing, right? Art is deeply personal and it means different things to other people, to different people, but in many ways, art is, it's a bit of a flex, right? <laughs> so people, they, they acquire art, they collect art, they want art that was owned by another collector. And there is this sort of uh, reputation element that comes along with it. And so I wonder if we'll start to see that in the NFT space as well, where people want to own an NFT because of its, its ownership trail, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, that is pretty much all the questions I have for you. Where can people go and learn more about Polyant Games? Uh, visit polyant.games. Uh, that's, our, that's our landing page. And you can learn more about plugging into the ecosystem there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Wherever you guys are listening to this, definitely check social media for all the links. And thanks again for coming on the show, Nick. Thank you, Steve. Take care. All right. Cool. I, I hope I answered all your questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on my uh, on my personal podcast because this is so I, I collaborate with a couple different podcasts and um, this one the majority of people that listen to my pod, my personal podcasts are all collectors and NFT fanatics. So this is perfect. Very um, cool. It's an exciting space. It really is. It really is. And there's just such, everybody's so, I mean, it'll get, I won't say diluted, but it, it'll, it'll change over the course of, you know, a few years and whatnot. But everybody right now is so honest from everybody I've met. They're honest, genuine people trying to move the space forward. And maybe that's just early adopters, but um, I haven't hit too many kind of scammy <laughs> projects yet, uh, knock on wood, but, uh, yeah, I, I think some of it actually has to do with the, um, maybe the learning curve around some of the stuff, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a quick, easy scam for the people that just want in and out. Um, you know, you, you have to learn the tech and then more importantly, you have to immerse yourself in the community. Yes. So maybe, maybe the, the, uh, cost benefit for them, you know, putting in that time to get involved is just too high and they just want to go uh, create a token they can moon or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that's super cool. You guys forked Uniswap. I, this is the first time I've seen uh, that you guys had that. That's really cool. That is really cool. I'm going to test this out. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I think so. My podcast uh, is called Fork the Product, <laughs> and and the whole the, the genesis or, or our thesis on that podcast is that what do you do as a product when you're open source and really anybody can come along and fork you, right? And and you know, so how do you build a business? How do you build you know differentiators in that way? So it's been interesting to kind of walk down that path with a lot of people building product in the space, and then be on that path with Polyant Games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool idea for a podcast forking. I think that there's plenty of plenty of momentum there with open source being where it is today. And it people are just starting to kind of sit in with open source and how it's going to evolve. So that's really cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. I think if there's cool. a common denominator in this space, it's that we're all learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always joke about um, experts, you know, blockchain experts and crypto experts, it's like the space is 12, 12 years old. You know, right. I don't know. If there's, any, <laughs> there's such a thing as an expert that's been in something for 12 years, but um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Well, excellent, Nick. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I guess upload to Google shared folder and I'll download it and get it up on the podcast. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah, and this is going to be a fun one because I... Um, yeah, this is this is my my obsession recently. So <laughs> it's perfect timing. Awesome. Well, I'll zip this over to you and uh, look forward to the, to hearing it go live. Cool. All right. Thank you very much, Nick. Great. Thanks, Steve. Have a good one. You too.